What's going on, quality people? Welcome to Sports Ethos' very own The Bird Reds Podcast. My name is Stephen Bagel. I am your host. And with me today, we have a first-time podcaster, diehard Pacers fan, Josh Padmore. Josh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, Josh is one of um, He's in my little Twitter gang. So I decided, look, Pacers, there's been the rumors of The Athletic wanting or there's been reports by the athletic of the pacers wanting to blow it up as they should i feel like again josh you're a diehard pacers fan so correct me if you think i'm wrong i feel like the pacers have kind of been on trending towards needing to rebuild ever since paul george requested out now, I mean, Oladipo and Sabonis both have became multi-time All-Stars for them since then. So, do you feel that same way, that, okay, this rebuild has been long overdue? Or do you think, you know, this is really the first time that really they should consider the rebuild? Kyrie and James Harden going to sign their extension. His trade value is not there. And when you hear reports... He paid $16 of his $33 million salary. I know about people that have certain clauses what in their contract. What happens next year with Giannis Tenacupo? He will be eligible for a Supermax next summer. If he resigns, the new reality is the players are going to move around and the players are, are, are not going to want to spend their whole you know, life. And because they didn't want to go into the penalty of the luxury tax, they traded James Harden. Somebody's going to be making $50 million a year. He probably could have made a little bit more money this summer in free I agency. I think he could have got a lot more in the offseason. You got a chance to secure the bag. You got to secure it, No question. Yeah, um, really, ever since Nate McMillan got got fired, really, uh, which was last season, um, last year they were pretty bad. Um, But with Victor, that first year in Indiana, he was sensational, and I thought – you know, we we gave the Cavs a good, a great run, Game Seven. I thought if he if he didn't get hurt that next year, I thought we could have made some serious noise. But uh, that injury also really kind of messed everything up. And so the last the last year or so, I, I definitely think a rebuild is necessary. Um, the core the core group of Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner. Um. They just haven't proven they can they can win. Um, Nate McMillan got the best out of them, but Rick Carlisle is now even struggling with it. So, so, so what do you think of the fit of Sabonis and Turner as a pair? Because, again, I'm a Sixers fan, as everyone knows. Simmons and Embiid, I'll admit, obviously the fit isn't perfect. It's not even ideal. So do you feel similarly with, you know, having the two big men? Because – I know both of the Sabonis is decent in the mid-range. Turner can stretch it out to three. But it's still, you know, two big man, both who ideally more times than not are going to want to play in the post. Yeah, they've done a good job of trying to make it work. Um, like you said, at the end of the day, it's they're two 6'11 centers, really. Um, on offense, it works with Turner spreading the floor, Sabonis in the paint. But I mean, on defense, it's really it's really tough on Sabonis because Turner's got to guard the paint. He's you know the best shot blocker in the NBA, and so Sabonis is left guarding. You know, for the Sixers, it'd be like Tobias Harris, and uh, 
you know, a big 6'11 center running around the perimeter all game, having to guard, you know, it's really tough. So um, he's done it as good of a job as he could, I think. But, uh, you know, to answer, you know, I, 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 I think they've gotten better with it, the, the pairing, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's time to move on and play one center, but um, on offense, it works on defense. It can work, but uh, it's not ideal at all. Okay. And what we're going to do is we are going to get into, you know, some trade targets, um, some perfect trade partners for any of those guys, you know, whether they're going to, move both of those guys together in addition to Levert or whether they want to do more of a soft rebuild given they have a win-now coach in Rick Carlisle. But that's things we're going to get into. Before we get into that, listeners, please take one moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Follow now. We also have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on the mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code Ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night, score points when, you, when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcasters for advice on winners. Again, that is code ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Okay, so we kind of saw the Pacers come in kind of as, a, I don't want to say a dark horse, but in the James Harden trade. You know, they get off Oladipo, they bring in LaVert, who has more years on his deal. Oladipo, one, seems like a shell of himself. We still haven't even seen him play this year after surgery, so we really don't know what kind of Victor Oladipo to expect in Miami nowadays. But it looked like he was going to leave anyway. They offered him a max extension. He didn't take it. It seems like, you know, thanks, like, you guys revived my career, but this isn't who I want to be long-term. It seems like he always had his eyes set on Miami. And then, you know, you get Chris LeVert, and he gets this horrible diagnosis of, I believe it was cancer. I don't know. They said they removed it before it spread or anything either way. So thank God he got traded and they caught that. But now all of a sudden Chris LeVert finds himself on the chopping block. So what – I guess what I'm trying to ask is we already talked about Sabonis and Turner and one of them having to move. Do you think it's inevitable that LeVert has also moved? Because he – might be young enough that you can conceivably sell yourself on rebuilding around him or having him be a piece of the rebuild? Or do you think, hey, let's get even younger and trade him and, you know, let's commit to this thing? Um, well, you, you were right, first of all. Uh, it, was can- it was a cancerous mass on his kidney, and, yeah. uh, you know, he had surgery. And, you know, um, last se- last season – the Pacers were really banged up. I don't know if it was because they were banged up or what, but Levert looked like a a real building block. Um, he was really good when he came back. Um, this year, he you know he he started the season um, on the bench. Uh, he was injured. He had a something wrong with his back. He like had a, a fracture or something. But uh, I don't know if that's why he's not performing 
nearly as well as he did last year. But uh, you know, um, he's he kind of hold he's kind of a ball stopper. He, you know, the ball stops moving when he touches it, and he's shooting like well under thirty percent from three. And so, for that reason, you know, just based on what he's done this year, I think if the Pacers blow it up, he would definitely be going elsewhere. Yeah, and again, I have some teams in mind that we're going to talk about potential fits for all these guys. Um, before we get any further, I just want to mention Malcolm Drogdon. He, because he signed the, his extension over the summer, he's not eligible to be traded this season. So for anyone wondering why there's no potential Malcolm Brogdon trades mentioned on this podcast, he can't be traded till the offseason. So let's save that for the offseason. So in terms of guys that are untouchable, I think it's really only two on this roster being the two rookies. I mean, Isaiah Jackson, I, from what I've read, the paces are extremely high on him. They think, you know, he could be the – He's similar to Miles Turner, except he's he's not great. He's not a great shooter, but in the terms of athleticism and shot blocking and everything else, um, he's a kind of a poor man's Miles Turner is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. But Chris Duarte, I mean, he's been phenomenal as a rookie, but at the same time, I mean, he's already 24 years old. I, do you think the Pacers at least? entertain some kind of offer for him or has he really been I, I don't get me wrong he's been phenomenal even coming into the draft everyone on draft twitter every draft analyst they all said look he's going to contribute to winning from day one so do you think you know you keep that asset and even you know flip it later down the line in your rebuild or do you hold him help him develop a winning culture while you have him on a rookie deal and even though he's 28 by the time he's done his rookie deal, you know, you've already had four years of that helping establish the winning culture and having surrounding your young guys with a winning player like him. Right. Well, I think I think heading into heading into draft day, the Pacers thought they'd be a lot better than where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think the Dorte pick was was made with winning in mind. You know, even if a rebuild looms, I think I think they're high enough on them as to where they'll hold on to them. Um, I, I wouldn't call them untouchable, but um, you know, I'd be I'd be surprised if they if they traded him. You know, he's 24, but um, he's come in. He's from day one started. He's came, he's came off the bench. He uh, done. You know, I expected it because he was he was one of the probably the most NBA ready player in the draft and uh but you know if the Pacers went into that draft with a rebuild in mind I think the pick may have been different you know um, could have been Moses Moody you know 19 year old freshman um but yeah. to answer your question yeah Duarte I, I I would be surprised if they uh moved him okay so we established the two guys that most likely aren't being moved in Duarte and Jackson. Now, let's, you know, dig a little bit deeper into guys who could be. So let's start with Sabonis. Um, we saw last year when New- when Nikola Vucevic was traded at the deadline, 
he went for, what was it, I believe, two first, Wendell Carter Jr., and the Bulls also ate Al Camino's deal this year in order, again, they were able to trade it to San Antonio in the DeRozan sign-and-trade, but they took on bad money for this year in order to get Vucevic in addition to all those assets. So I bring that up because I feel like that kind of set the precedence for the minimum of what Sabonis is going to go for because of the fact that Vucevic was 30 years old at the time. Sabonis is what, 25, 26 about? Yeah, he's 25. Um, Yeah, 25. So given that Sabonis is five years younger, they're both two-time All-Stars. So a team could sell themselves on, okay, we're getting a two-time All-Star big man. And... Yeah, so I'm expecting a Nikola Vucevic-type package. So I'm assuming as a Pacers fan, I've seen your tweets. It seems like you're pretty set on, okay, it's time to blow this up. And maybe not blow it up, but definitely, you know, trade off some pieces to start this rebuild or even a retool. I think two first, a young guy like Wendell Carter, and even if it's just that, I think that's, you know, a home run. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, in in this case, I would I would have PJ Washington as a a target to you know take Wendell Carter's role. You know, Orlando really likes Wendell Carter. That's why they extended him. So they got a player they like and think that he's a part of the future, and they got those picks. So um, yeah, I I you know watching the Pacers. You know, last night they lost by to Miami by like thirty and. Uh, after games like that, it makes me want to just completely tear it down. But um, I, I agree. You know, I think that the the biggest thing is getting draft picks, first-round draft picks. Um, and so getting that in a player the Pacers would like, which, you know, again, P.J. Washington's a guy I think they could target. I think that'd be a good starting point. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up because actually the first team I have on teams to consider for both Sabonis and Miles Turner would be the Charlotte Hornets. And I would assume the framework of a deal would start with either P.J. Washington or maybe James Booknight, depending which one they value higher and which one the Hornets probably don't want to give up either of them. But, you know, you got to give something to get something in this league. So P.J. Washington or James Booknight – Definitely a first-round pick. I just don't know if they'd be able to squeeze out that second first-round pick from them if they're getting a book night or if they're getting a P.J. Washington. But at the same time, Wendell Carter is at least, if not better, than both those guys, and they still squeeze out two first-round picks. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, In regard to Turner, do you think there's a possibility they trade both of them? Because from what I'm reading, they're still committed to keeping Rick Carlisle around. And as a result, up oh, you hear my dog there. Um, as a result, they're saying, okay, they don't want to trade both of them. They just want to give up one of them because they don't want to completely tank when, as long as Carlisle is coach. Yeah, I, I don't think they would uh, trade both of them. I think it's... Uh... I, I think the athletic actually reported that uh, they want to keep one of them. So yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. If the offer's right, if they're getting 
two first-round picks and a young guy for each of them, and they could turn both of them into four first and two young guys, I'm sure Pritchard would do it. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so bonus. Let me see. Some teams I have considered are, as I said, the Charlotte Hornets. The Golden State Warriors, I think, would be a better fit for Miles Turner. Um, but I do have them on this list. The Toronto Raptors, the Dallas Mavericks. There's been a lot of speculation with the Sacramento Kings involving a potential deal with De'Aaron Fox. I'm not sure, you know, that could be a three-team trade with Ben Simmons involved somehow. But there's a lot, there's uh, not a lot, but there's definitely some speculation about the possibility of him ending up in Sacramento. And... Yeah, I mean, and then the last one I have on here are the Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So yeah, those, I agree with all those teams. Um, Golden State, especially, uh, you know, you said uh, you think Turner would fit there. They both, I think, would. But Domas, you know, screening for Steph Curry, um, that would be they'd be they'd be pretty unstoppable on offense, I think. But. Yeah, but the issue with Golden State is, is he going to not, not get played off the floor because Golden State just naturally goes to small ball and plays Draymond at five? But they're not going to be able to do that as much, obviously, if they were to get us a bonus or turn So it would be interesting to see, you know, how that would affect their game plan. Yeah. Um, Golden State, for either of them, I feel like would be a home run for the Pacers. And that's coming from somebody who's not a big James Wiseman fan. But I don't see in any scenario where you wouldn't get James Wiseman, mostly for salary matching purposes, for either Sabonis or Turner. Yeah, so, Wiseman, um, I've seen his name pop up a lot in the rumors. Um, that would be, you know, um, I wasn't a big fan of Wiseman heading into the draft either, but uh, he did impress me during his rookie year. Yeah. And again, I, I'm really not a James Wiseman fan at all. Like people that know me, that listen to me, they, LaMelo Ball was a pick at two. I, I didn't even have Wiseman in my top 10, but don't get me wrong. I still do think the potential is there. And I don't think, I, I think Wiseman still might have higher upside than almost everybody on that Pacers roster currently. So yeah, yeah. I, I think can't, you know, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, so I think a PJ Washington and James Wiseman, I think they would be great targets for Indiana. Um, a team like Sacramento, I imagine the parameters of a trade being something along the lines of De'Aaron Fox going to Philly, Sabonis so going to Sacramento, and then Ben Simmons ending up in Indiana. Um. Indiana was reportedly interested in Ben Simmons over the offseason before Brogdon signed that extension. Is that something that you think Pacers fans would want to entertain? Or, I mean, he just he just seems like such a locker room problem. And again, this is coming from a Sixers fan. I'm not sure if it's just because he wants out of here, but is that someone you really want to surround your young guys with? That kind of attitude. Um, me personally, I would um, no, but I do know that a lot of Pacer fans really want him. Um, 
But like you said, Brogdon, he uh, signed that extension. But before that, it seemed like he was going to be – he would be involved in the Simmons trade. You know, I think Brogdon would have been nice in Philly. But um, Ben Simmons, uh, I'm just – like you said, the attitude, um, what he did in the playoffs – no, not even just passing up that layup, but but uh, he's, yeah, it was, he's underperformed four, and four shots um, in seven fourth quarters. That's that's the issue. Yeah. But okay. Um, speaking of Ben Simmons, while we're on the Sixers, because this is another guy I have on my list. Please tell me that T.J. McConnell is absolutely beloved by Pacers fans the same way he is by Sixers fans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. they call him a uh, White Iverson here, actually. Um, so uh, he's he's not a, he's not as loved as Sixers fans, probably because McConnell's from Philly, but uh, or Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely loved in Indy. Yeah, and he's another guy. I know. I don't think they officially wrote him out for the year, but they said he's going to be out at least two or three months. So that you know, puts his target date towards the end of the year. I'm going to be interested to see what they do with him at the deadline because obviously, you know, he can't pass a physical for a team if he's injured. But if a team wants to take him to be a backup point guard for next year and beyond, you know, I think that's a reasonable trade target for a guy who's making less than mid-level exception money. I'm going to be interested to see what the Pacers do with him or if they wait and move him in the offseason once he's healthy. But, again, I saw him as a process sixer. I saw him come into the league as a rookie, develop, get better, and, you know, become an adequate and serviceable backup point guard. So, I can see him, you know, being great for locker room morale for a rebuilding team. So, that might be someone that, you know, maybe, okay, we could get two second-round picks for him, but it's not worth it. We'd rather have him. For the locker room culture. So that's just, that's something interesting that you need to think about when, you know, trading a player like that. Right. Yeah. He's great in the locker room. He's actually my favorite, favorite player on the team. Um, I, t- I tweeted a lot about Sabonis, but McConnell's definitely my guy. Um, I hope he, uh, I hope he recovers well. Um, he He's an interesting, you know, the Pacers rebuild. He's, well, he's about 29, going on 30. Um, like you said, he he's a great locker room guy. He can, so I think it's not like a must to trade him, but it is interesting that he signed that four-year deal, and then you know, this season it's all gone, it's all going downhill and a rebuild looming. So I'm not sure where he fits in, but um, I know well. All 29 other teams would definitely line up to have him because he he plays his butt off, you know. Yeah, he really does. Um, speaking of injured Pacers players, TJ Warren, has there been any timetable set for him? Because I know they said he's still out indefinitely. Um, he's a really compelling trade ship for you guys as well. If you know the medical reports come back okay, and he knows that he'll be back by the playoffs. He's an interesting trade ship on an expiring deal. Um, doesn't make too much money, so it's not going to be too hard to salary match for him. So what's the latest on him? Do we have any sort of timetable for him at this point? Um, yeah, actually, he was ruled out for December, but January is um, 
is what it's looking like. You know, he's had he's had a bunch of scans, and uh, they all come back come back positive. But um, Rick Carlisle, he ruled him out for this month. Okay. But January is definitely so his, his return's coming, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, and as I said, he's another one. I mean, the Pacers for a team that is in like that purgatory of the playing game quite there might be a little bit better when they're fully healthy than the playing. For a team like that, they have a lot of pieces. I mean, I know you can't trade Drogdon right now, but when you're able to in the offseason, they have a lot of pieces that they could get value for. So, Miles Turner, the teams I have for him to be considered, as we already talked about, Charlotte Hornets, I think are just about, I think the Charlotte Hornets or Golden State Warriors, one of those two teams I think are the best fit for them overall. Um, I'm also intrigued by the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, the Celtics could do something along the lines of like Robert Williams and a first round pick. The Lakers, Lakers can't even give a first, so I can't imagine trade getting done. This is more just talking in terms of fit. But they could do like Taylor Horton Tucker and a few seconds, which again, I don't think is nearly enough for Turner. Um, so I'm really looking at those Hornets and Warriors teams as teams that, you know, Miles Turner could see himself on come the end of February. Yeah, and you mentioned Boston. Um, I actually read like a week ago, he he thought he was going to be a Celtic um, just a couple years ago. The, the Pacers were... Um, what they were trying to get Gordon Hayward from Boston and, you know, Turner thought he was going to Boston. He was, he was uh, preparing for it. He was excited. Um, with the Lakers, you know, like you said, Taylor Horton Tucker, um, it depends how highly you think of him, but he definitely have to be involved in a, in a trade. Yeah. And Miles Turner, we said, um, in the Gordon Hayward signing trade when he was going to go to Indiana, Danny Ainge, I believe, wanted Oladipo and Turner in order to get the signing trade done. They were only willing to do, I think it was Turner and TJ Warren or something along those lines. So, yeah, Turner was fully prepared. And, you know, Boston, I think they might be number three on the list of teams that not only are realistic, but also he would be a great fit for. So, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was Turner and Doug McDermott. Um, Indiana was offering and Boston wanted those two plus TJ Warren or Victor. So, um, yeah, that was, that's how it went down. Okay. So then we have Chris LaVert, new pacer. He's on a pretty team friendly deal. Um, 17 and a half million dollars this year. I mean, team friendly, if you were to play, you know, how, we know he can play. Obviously, he's been struggling a lot this year. He's been paid a lot to a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm not sure, honestly, what Cleveland would give in order to make that trade work. I mean, Cleveland right now is the third seed in the East, so maybe they give their 2022 first with another first and then just salary matching. I don't know if I guess, yeah, that would probably be enough for LeVert if you're going to include a first or two. So I'm looking at that fit. Otherwise, a team like Utah could really use LeVert. But again, it gets tricky. They'd have to include like a Joe Ingles in a first-round pick. 
So that's a possibility. A team like Minnesota really needs a wing. So those are just some teams I'm looking at that, you know, could use a guy like Levert. But a guy like Levert, he could honestly really fit on any team. I'm sure a dark horse is going to come out here and put up a serious offer for him come the deadline. But I think Levert is almost guaranteed to be gone. I think he's the first one gone out of the main three of him, Sabonis, and Turner. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's the he's the guy between those three that the Pacers are more eager to move as well. Um, Cleveland, like you said, that, that's a team I've heard about. Um, with Sexton out for the year, you know, he could provide some scoring. But like you said, they're, they're third in the East. They're doing well. And so um, do they do they really need to do that trade? I'm not sure. But um I do agree. He can fit on any team, really, um, as a uh, as a scoring. I think he can be good off the bench or starter, you know, whichever role. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I think he can fit anywhere. And you know, I like you said, I think he's the most likely to go between him, Sabonis, Turner. So yeah, I agree with that. And there's a couple more guys. I want to get to, but real quick, um, everyone remember, this is the season of giving, but stop giving out your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotion link at expressvpn.com um, backslash hoopball. Yes, they still have the old name of football to get three bonus months on a 12 month subscription. It's super easy. Turning it on just takes one click and it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass 2. Once more, that's expressvpn.com backslash hoopball. Grab those three bonus months now. So the other guys I'm looking at are all wings, and that would be Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and Tori Craig. Now, I feel like Holiday and Craig might have more trade value just because they had that second year on their deal as opposed to Lamb, who is um, an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. But those are all guys. I mean, Holiday and Craig, I could definitely see you getting either uh, like a top 20 protected first or a couple seconds, maybe a young guy for a team who's really going for it. So that's the type of offers I see for those guys. Um, do you think one's more likely to be traded than the other? Do you think both are gone? Um, how do you think that could go down? Um, I do think Craig is more likely to to get traded. Um, he's been he's been in the rotation in the last couple day couple games, but before that he was averaging like four minutes over his last six games or something. And he can help a lot of championship teams. You know, we, we saw what he did with the Suns last year. Um, Justin Holiday, you know, if you're going for a rebuild, uh, he's a guy I would, I would definitely look to try to trade because I, I think Pacer fans know how good he is, but I think he's really underrated around the league. You know, I think he's good enough to get you that protected top 20 pick. Like he said, he can, he can really – change a team you know he's a I don't want to say elite defender but he's a really good defender he can he's shot in the high 30s the last couple of years from three 
he's available every game except you know he got covid recently and it actually came out he's not vaccinated so he won't be able to play in like toronto or whatever but he's never you know if he's hurt he plays through it he he doesn't miss games so i think i think he's a underrated trade trade uh acquisition for a bunch of teams and then um lamb you know i think He's expiring, you know, if a team thinks they can, he can help them, maybe they pull the trigger, but, you know, the Pacers have been trying to trade him for dating back to last year, and it's been unsuccessful. He's a, he's a real shell of himself after his injury that he got with Indiana. Yeah, and Craig, you know, we saw how versatile he was in the finals last year when Dario Saric went down and tore his ACL. He was playing some of that small ball five for them. So, I mean, he's definitely multi-positional. As you said, Holiday is all reliable. He's a Holiday brother, so you kind of know what you could expect from him at this point. So, yeah, I think those are two guys that are definitely um, intriguing needs to be traded. I'm thinking of a guy... Like Justin Holiday going to like Chicago, and I'm not sure how Chicago views a guy like Kobe White right now. But I think if you could, you know, flip Justin Holiday and get Kobe White on a rookie deal, I think that's a home run. Again, that might be um, a bit ambitious of me thinking that's the value of what Kobe White is right now. But he's been, you know, that bad to start the year. So it would be smart for the Bulls not to trade him because his value is probably lower than ever. But at the same time, the Bulls look like they might be legitimate contenders. So I'm thinking a guy like him, you know, would be a great trade chip in a holiday trade. Yeah, you know, like you said, they're the Bulls are doing really well. And maybe they think Justin can propel them even further. Um, Justin's played for the Bulls a couple times throughout his career. Um, I know that outside of Indiana, that's, that's his, uh, his second, his second home, you know, um, he, he really liked it there. He, Chicago's the team that gave him his first real opportunity to start. And, um, Kobe White, I actually tweeted like a couple weeks ago. He's a guy that if the Pacers were to rebuild, you know, I, I definitely look into him because, He's he's having a down year, but I, I do believe in his abilities. He's uh he's definitely a guy I would like like to target for a rebuild. Yeah, and then those guys, you know, like Cam Reddish would probably cost you a first round pick at some point, but Atlanta's gonna have to consolidate that roster eventually. They're not gonna be able to trade or they're not gonna be able to pay everyone. So I think a guy like Cam Reddish I'm thinking of a guy like Jalen Smith on Phoenix who got his rookie option declined. A rebuilding team needs to take flyers on guys like that. So those are just some trade targets I do like for the Pacers. Um, so what do you ultimately think? I, I mean, Carlisle doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So they probably trade one of Warren and Sabonis. I'm sure they probably trade Holiday and Craig. They probably trade Levert's. And then what? I mean, get assets and try to rebuild on the fly with who they keep out of Sabonis, Sabonis and Turner? I mean, I don't see what other options they really have. They're kind of in no man's land right now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think uh, especially if you keep Sabonis, you can 
you can um, provide a team that competes and uh, I don't know, you know, they'll, I don't think they would be top five pick bad, but um, getting those getting those picks is definitely the direction they need to go. You know, they haven't had a, a single digit pick in, in God knows how long. <laughs> um, uh, Paul George back in 2010, he was the 10th pick, so it goes beyond that. Um, but, you know, another guy that Indiana could look to trade is Goga Bataze. He's a, he's in his third year and, uh, he's played behind Sabonis and Turner his whole career. So I think, uh, you know, a trade could work for both him and the Pacers because, you know, he's not playing and he needs an opportunity. So that's another guy that I I just want to throw his name out there. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, if they think Isaiah Jackson is going to be the guy, the man in the middle long term, then Shady Matadze definitely makes sense. So, yeah, that was a name I hadn't even included. So, um, yeah, that makes a ton of sense, especially if a team – he hasn't shown enough in the NBA, I feel like, for teams to really be sour on him. So I feel like if teams that scouted him during his draft in 2020 – or 2019, 18? 2019, I think he was drafted. But, yeah, 2019. But either way, teams that scouted him back in 2019, I'm sure they haven't sat on him that much given, you know, he hasn't really had the opportunity to show much. So teams that were interested in him then, I'm sure still should be. So, yeah, that's definitely another trade ship that um, the Pacers have at their disposal. Um, Before we sign off, I just want to give you guys a quick reminder to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of sign-up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So this was the Bird Rights Podcast. Josh, thank you so much for coming on. You can find me on Twitter at BirdRightsPod. You can listen to my other podcast, the NBA Eagle and follow me on Twitter at the underscore NBA Eagle. Um, both those podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You could find Josh on Twitter. I believe it was J Podmore ninety two. Yeah, J Podmore ninety two. At excuse me. So Josh, thank you so much for coming on. Anybody who's interested to see what the Pacers are going to do leading up to the deadline. Follow me to see potential moves that I think they could make. Follow Josh for, you know, intel on that team. And thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you next episode. Kyrie and James Harden going to sign their extension. His trade value is not there. And when you hear reports... He paid $16 million of his $33 million salary. I know about people that have certain clauses what in their contract. What happens next year with Giannis Tentacupo? He will be eligible for a Supermax next summer. If he resigns a new reality Because they didn't want to go into the penalty of the luxury tax, they traded James Harden. Somebody's going to be making $50 million a year. He probably could have made a little bit more money this summer in free agency. I think he could have got a lot more in the offseason. You got a chance to secure the bag. You got to secure it, man. No question.